I am an artist living in beautiful Vermont, USA, and I have a lot of questions. So I engage the minds of the people that I meet, poets, writers, artists. I explore what's inside and share it with you. My name is Ricky McEachran, and I am eager to know. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eager to Know. And today we are going to be talking about my upcoming art show, Fabrice Finestrai, which is happening in Brattleboro, Vermont, the month of August. And we are having John Haddon talk to me about the artwork. Great. Rick, is there anything you want to say about what inspired you to do this show? Um, sure. Well, I'm always looking to do a show. I'm always looking for an excuse to get my artwork out in the world. And I came up with this topic of the beauty that we find in work. Um, oftentimes, we, we think of work as a place of drudgery, etc. Um, but I recall that work for me is oftentimes a place of beauty, whether it's a coworker that became a really good friend, or sometimes I will be looking out the window of an office and I will see something spectacular. And uh, that idea kind of stuck with me and I wanted to do some paintings that reflected that. So I pulled together, uh, so I've, uh, pulled together 13 paintings and they are very varied and they all are on the theme of uh, the beauty that we find in work, which is Fabrice Finestrai or Windows for the Workers. Well, um, one of the things I told Rick that I wasn't gonna ask him questions before, we, we just went and looked at his paintings in the studio. And, um, oh, here's my camera, hi. <laughs> Uh, and one of the things I didn't say was that I love your paintings. And I've been around a lot of painters. Um, so I've developed a, a kind of set of, of, of interests in painting. And one of the things I like about your painting is that uh, it's very much influenced by your imagination. It's not just a copy of what it is you see. It's, it starts with that and then it goes somewhere. Is that right? Absolutely. And one of the things I noticed was that your earlier paintings, um, how long have you been at it? Um, I probably started painting uh, around 2011. So uh, what is that, 13, 12 years? Yeah, okay. So would I be right in saying that it seemed to me that your earlier paintings were at literally darker in hue? Like they used, it was almost, some of them were almost like black and white almost with you know, fa uh, faint colors here and there. And that your more recent paintings are more, are more bright and have primary colors and sort of uh, bright optimistically too, emotionally. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, well, I know that, uh, I don't know about the, the color and saturation of my earlier paintings. I know the feeling of my original paintings were very, serious and dark. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever took my paintings to a gallery in Provincetown. I was like lugging all these paintings around mm -hmm. and I brought them to a gallery and he said, this, these paintings are really dark. And, but, and it wasn't like it was, the subject matter was dark. I mean, they were of like buildings and structures. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there was something inside of me that was trying to, a dark part of me that was trying to get out. Um, I think that's what was going on. I think at that point in my life, I probably came off as 
positive and happy all the time and there was a dark seriousness that had no way of getting out and I think that's what must have been going on it certainly wasn't conscious I think now I'm able to be a little bit more varied um, mm -hmm. some of my stuff is very bright and happy and some of it is dark and serious well another thing I know about you that, that's changed recently is that you moved here yeah from Chicago? Yeah, from Chicago. I only lived in Chicago for four years, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I moved here from Chicago. So that's a huge change yeah. from, a, from a, yeah. uh, a vibrant and some might say a dark yeah. city atmosphere. Yeah. I know in the theater there's a lot of Chicagoans pr pride themselves on, on dark matter yeah. in the theater, Steppenwolf Theater yeah. and uh, the Second City. And, um, and uh, do, you, do you think there's a kind of a <laughs> A parallel shift, both in your paintings and in your move? Oh, yeah. So I did a series of paintings. Um, I don't remember the details, but it was... Oh, I did, a, I did a, an art show called Motel. And it was all about motels, a lot of them like abandoned motels. Mm -hmm. And the subtitle of the show was A Safe Place to be Sad. Great. So <laughs> obviously that was very dark. Now yeah. the show did spectacularly. Like yeah. uh, I sold almost everything and they were very well received uh -huh. and I didn't really think anything of it. But what's interesting is when I moved to Vermont, there was a gap between when I moved here and when I started painting. Mm -hmm. And I probably had been living here uh, four months and I hadn't painted at all. And I wasn't sure what was gonna come out. And wouldn't you know, when I started painting, when I moved to Vermont, everything was bright colors and happy, and it was fascinating. So what, what accounts for that, do you mean? I just think it's the energy and how I'm feeling inside. I think yeah. deep down inside, not at a conscious level. I think oftentimes that is what comes out in the canvas. You mentioned that um, my, my paintings are reflecting my imagination. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, I would, it's sort of my imagination, but it's definitely more my, my subconscious is coming out. Like there's something that yeah. comes out that is a little bit outside of my intention. It just sort of comes out. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. interesting that all of those first Vermont paintings, they all came out very bright because I was so happy mm -hmm. and everything here is so bright and positive. And not that Chicago, um, is, you know, is, is all mm -hmm. sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that there was something about moving here to Vermont that I was full of such hope that I think it came out. Well, going into your studio, uh, heading up into the attic, the at your attic in your studio is a gorgeous yeah. space. And I think I said, wow, this must have given you a good feeling when you first walked up here. Oh, abs absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the reason why I purchased the property. Mm. And the one thing that you didn't get to experience is I have a beautiful sound system. Ah, so I great. crank up the music. Great. And so I'm just flooded with um, wonderful music while I'm painting. And it's really a great experience. And you've been playing music, too. Right? Yeah, I have been. Yeah. And so how does that has that affected your painting? Um, it ver um, it definitely, I don't know if it's affecting what comes out on the canvas. It's definitely affecting how my mind is relating to the painting process for certain. Um, I am learning piano and I've been taking lessons, which means it's very intense. I take an hour lesson a week and my 
uh, instructor requires me to practice an hour a day. Yeah. So that means I am practicing at least eight hours a week. Uh-huh. And so it's a huge commitment. Yeah. Um, that is a very these unique parts of your brain that are, mm-hmm. it's very intense that mm-hmm. you're, you are using. And um, it's all about relationships and, yeah. um, you know, relative nature of things. That's how, like how notes are. It's about pattern and about, um, and, and so when I get in front of the canvas and I start painting, I can definitely feel a difference. And the other thing that's happening is when I take a break from painting, I used to like go on my phone and now I go to my piano mm. and I'll just play piano for 15 minutes. Neat. Neat. Well, you said you were making a distinction between imagination and subconscious. Sounds like the, pi- the piano work is, is recalibrating something in the deep part of the back of the mind, right? Uh, it's doing something. It's definitely doing something. It really, uh, it reminds me of when I first started painting and when, you, when you're painting and you kind of have to change the way you look at the world because when you're, at, when you're capturing something in two dimensions in a world of three dimensions, you have to change the way you, you, you can't use the way you normally view the world. There's a different way that you have to look at things in order for it to work. So it kind of changes your brain a little bit, I guess. And the piano is sort of doing the same thing, but even to a more, um, in a more extreme level with piano. So how could you say some more about what that change is from what you see and then what ends up on the canvas, which is a completely different? Yeah, well, I think um, when you are painting or drawing um, and when you go, you know, you learn this when you go you know, take formal training, um, you're looking at uh, shapes. So you're looking at shapes of solid, of, of not necessarily solid colors, but you're kind of finding colors that are close, and then that becomes the shape. And sometimes that isn't the shape of the object. You know, sometimes the edge of an object kind of blends in with its background. So there, so when you're you're capturing that you're not at you're not capturing the edge of the object you actually have to make a shape that encompasses everything that's the same color i don't know if i'm explaining this properly um the other thing so that's kind of how you you see the you see the world in shapes you also will see the world in negative space so for instance i'm looking at you and there is a and there's black behind behind you and there is this triangle that is formed between the side of your face and your shoulder mm-hmm. um so if i was going to be doing a a, a drawing of you mm-hmm. i wouldn't be looking at your I wouldn't even be looking at the side of your head. Mm-hmm. I would be, be looking, looking at, at that, that black line. That line yeah. um, that's not something you normally do mm-hmm. when you're going through the world. So you start to see the world as yeah. like this, oh, look at there's yeah. a shape by yeah. this person's head. And isn't that interesting, yeah. um, which is something that you wouldn't normally do um, just going through the world. So now I'm going to shift a little bit. and. Um, I'm, I, I love Vladimir Nabokov, you know him, the, the writer. He's, um, he's a, he was a very cultured, uh, wealthy Russian who was exiled in the revolution okay. as a little boy. Um, and so when he finally arrived in this country, he was kind of at a loss. How do I write? He was a writer and a, and a lepidopterist, a, a discoverer of butterflies. Okay. Uh, but he wrote beautiful novels. And his, one of his earlier ones is called Lolita, 
which was a scandal because it's this you know 13 year old girl and this older professor and he became really interested in the writing uh, about motels in the United States and the different uh, signs and the neon and mm -hmm. the, the way the motels are shaped and, and I saw some of that in your paintings can you yeah. say something about what draws you to that kind of a landscape? Uh, well, the motel stuff in particular, I just remember when I was a kid, we would go, we grew up with like no money, so we never went on vacation. But I remember we would go to like drive through New Hampshire, and I remember seeing all these old motels uh -huh. with the pool in front and the neon uh -huh. sign, uh -huh. and it just seemed like the most luxurious yeah. thing to be able to stay there. Yeah. And I just always dreamed that I could just go into this motel room and uh -huh. um, stay with my family and go swimming in the pool. And um, I think that was something, there was something about it that had a sense of warmth to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that was part of it. Uh, but also, I think that, as I mentioned, the name of the, the subtitle of that show was A Safe Place to be Sad. Mm -hmm. And I think there was also something about it that um, a lot of the motels were former glory, former, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, mid-century modern type motels. Mm -hmm. And now they were, I don't know what was going on in them. They were barely open now yeah. when I took yeah. a photo of them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. There was something about them that it seemed like a safe place to be uh, when you're when you're sad and depressed, I like to be in a um, a safe place by myself, mm -hmm. where it's like maybe rainy. I don't mm -hmm. like it to be bright and sunny. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that That's was kind of where that it, to me from. it's it, it reminds me of like the Bates Motel. Yeah, yeah. You know, in Psycho or or a lot of noir movies that have the motel. And there's something kind of forbidding about the moon. Yeah. But you find that comforting. Well, I think, I mean, there's so many things I could talk about the motel thing. But yeah, I mean, there's something about, um, I mean, sometimes I remember years ago when I lived in Boston, if I was feeling really overwhelmed and sad, yeah. I would just go and get a motel room yeah. and just be by myself. Yeah. And I would yeah. just feel so much better. Mm -hmm. It was very mm -hmm. strange. Yeah, I've done so, that too. So there was something weird about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think just being in a fresh perspective. But also there's the, the talk about something forbidden. You know, motels are also interesting because... There's all kinds of stuff that goes on in them, uh -huh. you know? Uh -huh. I mean, we can only imagine what is happening in motel rooms. Mm -hmm. And some of it is joyous and mm -hmm. some of it is heartbreaking, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I just think it's an interesting, there's a lot of emotions, activities, yeah. and experiences, yeah. a high volume oh, yeah. of them that are happening. Yeah, like a, like a beehive. A beehive, of, of yeah. human yeah. interaction. Yeah. Uh, in in of all all amplitude, you know, extreme yeah. highs. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe someone is having a, a, an experience with drugs or alcohol, right. which right. is like the you know, and they're at the bottom yeah. of the bottom. Yeah. Or maybe someone is in a unhappy marriage yeah. and they're having an affair, and it's the only yeah. bit of happiness that they have in their life, and yes. it's happening in a motel. So it's a place outside of the the uh, settled conventional settings of American life. Correct, correct. It's like a place where other things can right. can safely happen. Right, and it's got this beautiful neon sign. Yeah, yeah. and the shapes of the signs yeah, are great are. too. Those kind of uh, post-deco yeah. 50s shapes. And that was the great thing about Chicago because um, in the Boston area, most of these um, signs are are they're not here anymore or they're are there anymore in chicago everything is still there yeah neat. so they really have maintained it so do you miss chicago um 
know, there's some aspects yeah. of it that I miss. Yeah, yeah certainly. I miss like, all. Like what? Um, I miss the fact that there's always there was always something to do. Uh -huh. um, I lived in Andersonville. Yeah, which you was, said you were right by this jazz club. Yeah, I was right by the green uh, the green mill. So there was the there was everything like yeah. within. Yeah. Within a 10-minute walk, I had any possible thing that I would want to do. In my neighborhood, it was super safe. It was Sounds all great. Yeah, it was great. It and, sounds like I should go there. You stay here. Yeah. We'll switch places. Well, I think you should go to, you should definitely go to Andersonville. And my street mm. I lived in was like this beautiful tree-lined street. Oh. And I was right at the end of my street was Clark Street, which was the big busy street. Yeah, so it was yeah. quiet, oh. but it was accessible. Yeah, it, it was Neat. wonderful. Neat. So I, I do miss some aspects of it. There's one of your paintings is called This Life Comes With No Answers. Do you know the one I mean? It's a boy, it's a it's a young man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On a, uh, on, a on a bicycle. On a bicycle and a huge bag of balloons uh, is streaming behind him. Yeah. It's not my favorite of your paintings. <laughs> but I'm I'm I was drawn to the title. What do you th what took what, how did that formulate? Um, I thought I just it was taken from an image that was in Vietnam yeah. In Vietnam. Everything is transported via bicycles, yeah. um, including balloons. I also yeah. saw someone transporting a had a giant clear plastic bag on a bicycle filled with bags of each bag with holding water with an individual goldfish. It was <laughs> it was just spectacular. That's great. Um, I don't know. There was yeah. just something about it was that I felt like this person had a problem yeah. and he came up with a solution. And uh, But are you attracted to the, the whole multiverse of no answers? Um, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. comfortable with it. Yeah, I'm fine. More comfortable than answers or uh, balance? Well, I, sir, um, I would like answers. Yeah. Uh, I think as you I look get, for answers, I like I or I am open to the answers yeah, coming. Yeah, I yeah. don't necessarily search for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, and as I get older, I'm realizing, well, sometimes some things just don't have don't answers. Don't have answers. And, and that's OK. I will I will live. Honor the well, unknown. Life life goes on. Yeah. It's a big it's a big world. out okay. there. OK. And who is Leon? <laughs> Leon is um, he's a person. This is a guy. He's a person. It's a uh, very interesting painting of a. Of a man, yeah, middle aged, maybe a little bit younger than middle aged, like seems to be dancing. Yeah. So what he's doing? Is, so it's basically it's from a photograph. He's got all these interesting muscle. Yep. He was a he, he was a young guy that I met in Provincetown. That was an image that was from a photograph that I took on Commercial Street in Provincetown. Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, and uh, someone, you know, those little snappy things. Uh, uh, that you throw down on the yeah, ground. Uh, yeah. Someone was throwing them at him, oh, and he and was he jump. Was... He was jumping up in the air, and I snapped this <sighs> photograph. And he's super. Leon is super handsome, yeah, yeah. and he's really young. He was yeah. probably twenty-one, oh. but he had like this seventies. Gra yeah. yeah, gravitas. Uh, uh, this this uh, maturity yeah. about him, yeah. and he was so handsome. Yeah, and it, it was, was a great. It's a great picture. painting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I love that painting. Um, some of your paintings, your more recent paintings, are simpler in terms of broad strokes and big colors and yeah. simple shapes. Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, that's really cool. I've, I'm a big fan of uh, primitive art. Yeah. Sometimes it's fantastic, Rousseau, I mean. Um, but some of, some of primitive artists are also incredibly meticulous and detailed, mm -hmm. like trees that have every vein, you know, and mm -hmm. leaf. 
but this these broad, simpler, almost abstract paintings of buildings um, uh, are later than some of your more meticulous, you know, yeah. intricate cloud work and stuff like that with highlights. What do you make of that? I think a lot of it has to do with training. I think a lot of my um, earlier paintings were before I... Uh, well, one of the things I did, I went to the Florence Academy of Art, uh -huh. um, as, 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 in addition to other places. But, I mean, as I mentioned, talking about the big shapes, yeah. like that's the big thing with painting, is yeah. you really yeah. just focus on the big, most important key shapes. Yeah. And I think once you start approaching painting in that way, you start to realize... Um, that some of the, when you're focusing on less of the, the maybe accounting for the, deta the details later in the painting process, uh -huh, uh -huh. sometimes you realize you don't need them. Your podcast, Eager to Know, you, 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 didn't, you weren't always a podcaster, right? Uh, well, I mean, I started it in when I moved to Chicago, basically. Oh, okay. So you've been doing that for a while. Yeah, so I did it as a... So Longer I'm, than painting. Uh, no, 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 not, no, not no, no, no. Okay, okay. So I started painting, and then um, I did the podcast when oh, I moved okay, to Chicago. Okay, okay, So, yeah. So w is there uh, an interest in the, in the process of podcasting, of, of finding out about other people that uh, benefits your painting or relates to it or parallels it in any way? I don't think so. Or do you so. think of them as two di totally different things? Um, I... I don't think that they really relate. Um, I would say that the pod, doing the podcast has been has kind of changed me in many ways because it's changed how I view people mm -hmm. because I get to have conversations in a way that is very unique. Mm -hmm. um, the, when I'm interviewing on a podcast, when I'm interviewing someone on a podcast, I'm getting to ask questions in a very different manner than yeah. if I was having coffee with someone. Right. Um, yep. It's a very different situation. So I've actually learned a lot about people. I've learned uh, and subsequently learned a lot about myself, but mm -hmm. I've also learned a lot about, because I talk about, I ask people a lot about their limits and challenges and yeah. fears. So that's helped me in painting, not from like how to paint, but feeling confident that, all right, this feels overwhelming, like I can't do this. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know because I've talked to people uh, who are creative people that just do it or just, mm -hmm. or take a break mm -hmm. or, 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 you know, or there's a way to get through it. So what's, what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Oh, my goodness. Um, Go ahead. Just what comes to you. I would say not... Um, n not tr trying new things. Um, I don't want to look back and say, I'm less afraid of failing at something. I'm much more afraid of looking back and saying, I never tried something. Mm -hmm. So, of course, failing doesn't feel great. Mm -hmm. It certainly doesn't feel great. Yeah. But I love... But you learn a lot from I, you failing. You learn a lot. And I love yeah. trying new things. Yeah. I love doing new things. And what is the biggest source of your feeling good about things? Um... Uh, the when my brain is learning something new, um, learning a new skill mm -hmm. or learning uh, or, or when my world gets opened. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, when I was in high school, when I first took physics, yeah. 
And when it, and I realized that mathematics isn't just to annoy me, and it isn't just about <laughs> counting eggs. It actually describes the universe. It describes atoms. It describes planets. Mm. I mean, that was incredible. Mm. And same thing with piano. It's the same thing. Like, mm. I'm not mm. just learning how to read music. Like, mm. I am realizing mm. that this is an entire... You're recalibrating. Well, your it's whole. also a sophisticated language. Yeah. It's yeah. a sophisticated way of expressing emotion. It's incredible. Yes. And the fact yeah. that I am now, am, I have this these doors open to me to learn mm. that mm. for the rest yeah. of my life, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work, but well, it's awesome. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I think that's it. You think so? I think, yeah, I think you, you aced it. <laughs> All, right. All right, good. All right, thank you, John. This was, I was really nervous about this because you didn't tell me anything about what you were going <laughs> to ask me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, this was, I feel good about this. Good. Um, and again, people, this is uh, the show all the month of August in Brattleboro. And uh, opening is August 4th, and it is at, um, well, it's 57 Elliott Street, but it's 18 Harmony Place is the entrance that we're using. And, and they you... are beautiful paintings. Oh, well, thank you. B gorgeous, really wonderful. Oh, thank you. Very and and thought-provoking and soul-provoking. Well, that's what, I, that's what I intend to do. Yeah. I'd rather it be that than, than more than beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So. All right, for uh, additional, additional details, rickyartist.com. And thank you, John. You're welcome. Pleasure. <laughs> My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast. 